What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Wellpreneur Online Podcast. This is episode 38. We're steadily making our way towards episode 50, which is really exciting, which I guess will be about one year that I've been podcasting, which is just totally crazy. So thanks for joining me today. Today's episode is a little bit nostalgic for me because it reminds me of my time when I used to live in Washington, D.C. I lived in D.C. for about seven years after I graduated college, and I was working in software companies, you know, working at my corporate job, and just generally living it up, the life of an early 20-something, living on her own in the city. It was great fun. But I always knew inside that I wanted to do something else with my life. I knew I wanted to move to Europe. I had no idea how that was going to happen. And I knew that my life wasn't meant to be selling software. But I, again, I didn't know what that looked like. And so one of the things that I did, being slightly techie and into new innovative things to keep myself motivated, was that I listened to podcasts like crazy. So I'd listen to podcasts in French to keep up my French and I'd listen to like every type of motivational, inspirational or like holistic type podcast I could get my hands on. And there weren't too many back then. Podcasting was really quite new at that point. But one podcast that I listened to constantly was Tranquility Du Jour by Kimberly Wilson, who runs the Tranquil Space um, Yoga Studio in DC. And hers was one I can just remember myself standing at the bus stop, waiting for the bus on my commute every day and listening to her interviews and just thinking, wow, these women are so cool. Like they have all these different types of jobs and she had her own big career change. And it was just really motivating for me at the time. Well, fast forward years ahead now where I'm living in Europe, which is just crazy that that actually worked out. And I've quit my job. I'm running my own businesses and doing something that I love. So that's awesome. And today I've got Kimberly on the podcast, which is really cool. I think you'll all really enjoy hearing from her because she did herself a complete career change from a paralegal to running a yoga studio and now two different yoga studios plus a clothing line and a charity and online courses and retreats around the world. I mean, she's really turned her passion for yoga into a diverse bunch of businesses that are really successful and follow all of her different interests. And so Today with Kimberly on the podcast, we're talking about how she got started and her story and her advice for when you have lots of interests, how do you even know what to start with and how to get going? And so Kimberly's got lots of great advice there. But before we jump into today's interview, I just wanted to remind you that if you're starting out and trying to build your own online presence, I've got a free five-day blogging challenge that takes you through the process of identifying what you need to write and where you need to put it so that you create content that your ideal clients will love and share and really help get your blog and your voice and your message out to a larger audience. So you can sign up for that for free at wellpreneuronline.com slash challenge and take your own five-day challenge and let me know how it works out for you. So all the show notes for what we talk about today with Kimberly will be on my site at Wellpreneur 
thisisonline.com slash 38. She's got some great book recommendations in there, and I think you're going to really enjoy our conversation. So let's jump into this interview with Kimberly Wilson. Hi, Kimberly. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. So I was really excited to have you on as a guest because we met actually a couple of months ago, but I came across you years back when I was living in DC and your podcast, Tranquility Du Jour. And I remember that it was really inspiring for me when I would be on my commute to my corporate job and to be hearing about the changes you'd made in your life and all the inspirational guests that you interviewed. So I'm really happy to return the favor and have you on my show now. It's a treat to be here. So Kimberly, for people that aren't familiar with you, if you could just let us know a bit about how Tranquil Space and just your businesses in general got started. I I love that story about how your life underwent a big transformation. If you could just share that with us. Absolutely. So I was in my mid-20s and becoming a bit disenchanted with the American dream. And what I mean by that is, you know, going to work nine to five in a somewhat soulless job. I was a trademark paralegal. It wasn't the end of the world. I actually enjoyed the work, but I just wasn't filled. And so I thought, well, I have to do this 40 more years and then I can retire and then I can travel and then I can do fun things. And I thought there has to be more. That's just so sad. So I started reading a wonderful book that is my most recommended text, which is The Artist's Way. And is a 12-step program basically to unleash your creative self. And I found that to be really, really transformative. So from that, after reading that book, I started a yoga studio in my living room. And this was back in 1999 before really kind of yoga had taken off at all in the D.C. area. And then over the years, you know, 15 years later, we've grown. We have two locations and we serve about 1,500 yogis a week. You know, our team's over 100, including 50 teachers that are all trained through the studio. And so it's just been this interesting evolution of some, you know, small town girl. I mean, I'm originally from Oklahoma who had a big dream. And really the big dream was I didn't even know really what business was. I had a degree in psychology. I was more interested in creating community, a place in uh, in a big city where people would feel a part of something and also be able to nurture and honor their spirit. So that was kind of the jumping off point of Tranquil Space. And when you started, you said you started with a yoga studio in your living room. Did you have a vision for how it was going to become that you wanted to have a couple different in-person locations or did it just kind of evolve organically? Absolutely organically. And it's funny because I know, you know, it's really encouraged that, you know, you have a business plan and you, you know, have the vision for what you want. And and I think that's that's lovely. I mean, I, I think I did my first business plan a few years into business. And really, it was more, it wasn't so much for the financials, because that's never been my specialty interest or expertise at all. It was more of like, here's what I want to accomplish in the next year. You know, here's what I will, uh, you know, what I want to see kind of, you know, happen for the business. So that was the fun part of the business plan for me. So my whole thing really with the business and what I encourage people is to start small and grow organically, you know, like start in my living room. Amazing. We didn't take on debt until year eight when I built out a 4,000 square foot three level space that like had broken windows, pigeons living in it and 
no electrical, plumbing, anything. So that was my first debt. And the crazy thing is, which is very exciting, is that debt will be paid off this month. And, awesome. you know, so, yeah, so exciting. I don't like debt at all. But, you know, so that's why I really like the whole idea of starting small with things because you can dip your toe in the water and decide, do I like this? Does this resonate with me? Is this what I was hoping it would be and feel like? Oh, I think that's such good advice, not just for starting a business, but for anything that you're doing. Like I remember when I first started blogging, I think you and I talked about this actually when we met, but when I first started blogging six years ago, I just wanted everything to happen so fast. I would just wonder, think, ah, oh, if I could only get media coverage, if I could just be in this magazine, if I could just get this reporter to pay attention to me. And actually, in retrospect, thank goodness they didn't because my blog was horrible. Like I didn't have my writing style. I didn't have my voice. I didn't know my messaging. And so in a way, it's good that you start small and you can, you're developing along with your business developing so that you're ready for when things start to go big. Absolutely. I mean, that's the great thing about starting small too, is you can, you know, you can test the waters, you can test your voice as a blogger. It really allows you, I think, the opportunity to grow and find your voice and find your niche. Because when I started my blog, it's very much like kind of focused on yoga and the yoga lifestyle. And then really over the years, the past 10 years, it's been an evolution into more kind of lifestyle, definitely more mindfulness, simplicity, DIY, creativity. It's been a fun trajectory. And that's the beautiful thing I, I believe about moving organically. And just so people have a full idea of your business, you've got more than a yoga studio going on too. You've got a clothing line and a charity and some online things as well. Can you tell us kind of the other projects that you're working on? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, the yoga studio is my first baby. And from there, you know, it's like I'd like to dabble in various creative endeavors. I, I mean, if I was simply teaching yoga as I was when I started the business, that would not fulfill me. I mean, I currently teach five classes a week. I love it. I still love teaching yoga, but I like to kind of explore other things. And so in 02, I launched the clothing line Tranquility. And the idea behind Tranquility is I was kind of running around town teaching yoga and like a t-shirt and leggings before leggings were back in style. And I just felt really kind of like frumpy. And so I wanted to design a clothing line that I could wear to teach yoga, to go out on a date and to take yoga, you know, but I'd still look put together. So that was my next business in 02, Tranquility. And then from there, I started writing books. And 06 was my first book, Hip Tranquil Chick. And then we also launched our nonprofit, Tranquil Space Foundation, and also do a podcast, a blog, online courses. And then we launched a second studio location in 07. So yeah, that's kind of been the trajectory, the evolution. And one other exciting piece is I went back and I got a second master's during this. I got a master's in social work. And so I've just started in the past month doing therapy. And I'm a pre-licensed therapist at the Women's Center here in Washington, D.C. And I absolutely love the work. So all of this, it may be like, how does a clothing line and a foundation and a podcast and yoga and therapy even come together? And I feel like it does in a, a synergistic way of what I'm interested in and what I'm interested in kind of creating and putting out into the world. And something I just wanted to highlight about your story that I think is important is that so many of us are consider ourselves multi-passionate 
entrepreneurs, right? We have lots of different interests. And I think what your story shows is that it is possible to explore all of those different interests, but maybe you don't start off that way. You know, you started off, like you said, really focused on yoga. And then as you build your audience, as your business gets established, as you start to develop your reputation, then you can start to branch out into these other areas. And I think that's why you were successful because you started off with something core and then you've moved out from there. And I think a challenge for, maybe you've seen this with entrepreneurs that you've worked with too, but it's that we just just want to do everything all at once. Right, right. And yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any advice for other than, I guess, starting small is really the key one, but just kind of what you've learned as you've gone through for people that have lots of different interests and just want to do everything? Yeah, I mean, I think exactly what you said of, of figuring out your core thing to start with, because that the good thing about that is, is it gives you the experience and it gives you the expertise and it gives you, I think, the confidence to move forward into other areas. You know, for example, you brought us us meeting in Paris two months ago, and that was so much fun. And Amanda and I, we got together and explored ways to make natural perfumes. You know, I had been in Paris the year before and it made this wonderful smelling perfume and I wanted to do it in a more kind of natural way. And so that is an example of dabbling in new things that appeal, but also fit within the framework of what it is I'm interested in, which to me is like kind of beauty, simplicity, a feeling good, you know, with regard to yoga, things along those lines. So I think it's really important to be able to take yourself not down like full on rabbit holes, but into trajectories or, um, you know, little kind of breaking off points of your path as you are interested. But the key thing is to make sure it keeps kind of coming back to a core. So a core thing for me, and that aligns, I think, with everything I do, and that's in the name is tranquility. And the funny thing is, is whenever the name for the yoga studio Tranquil Space came up, it was never like, oh, and then I'm going to do X, Y, and Z to expand the brand of tranquility. These have all just come about from interests like being in Paris and making a perfume or wanting a clothing line that wasn't out there. And so I really encourage people to play with that, to notice what's not in the marketplace looking for. What is it that you're really drawn to? What is it you think your, your customers or your clients would enjoy? And another big thing to me, it's all about the experience. So really creating an experience with everything you do from when I send a package in the mail with for my clothing line, you know, it includes like an organic lavender sachet. It's like all these little things that I believe can help contribute to the experience that you're hoping to cultivate and create for your community. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I remember I, I took one of your e-courses ages ago, years ago. And when we signed up, we got a little box of goodies with all sorts of, I don't know, a scarf and tea and all sorts of fun things. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I love gifts. Yeah. Cool. So you said that you've been running Tranquil Space for about 15 years now. Mm-hmm. And wow. So I have to ask, how do you keep yourself going. I know from my own experience in working with clients, we all just want everything to happen so fast and we're just go, go, go and just push ourselves so much. But how do you keep going for 15 years and beyond? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, Yeah, this October is our 15 year anniversary, which is just crazy. And, you know, I tend, I'm, I'm like a huge 
pusher of self-care. You know, you'll often find me curled up with a book. I do tons and tons of yoga. I have three pets that I adore. I have a, a partner who's very supportive. I do a lot of traveling to kind of replenish myself. And I think those are really key things. And also I have a freaking amazing team. And I have to say it's taken me probably 14 years to get there. And the team we have right now is just absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, at the beginning of a business, and definitely I felt this way for years, you're doing everything. I was receptionist. I was janitor. I was yoga teacher. I was marketer. I was tech support. I used to do my, my website HTML, which is insane, you know? <laughs> and so it's really nice now to be able to afford a team and to be able to step back and focus more on things that I am better at or enjoy doing from the creative side. And that, you know, is taken, like I said, I feel like it took 13. 14 years for me to get there. And so that's how I keep going. I have amazing support and I really make self-care a priority. Honestly, you'll find me working most hours of the day that I'm awake, but I enjoy it. You know, it's not like drudgery or sitting in a gray cubicle waiting for the clock to turn 5 p.m. Oh, that makes such a big difference. Because when people ask, oh, well, how much do you work? It's like, well... <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it's a lot. But actually, if you really enjoy it and you have the option to say at 10 a.m., you know what, I don't feel like working today or I need to take a couple hours off and do something else. That, to me, is luxury. That's the point of going into business for yourself, I think, having that flexibility. Absolutely. It's an yeah. absolute gift. Yes. So you've had a podcast for, geez, how long now? Nine years. Wow. So back when you started your podcast, podcasting was really just getting started because now it's trendy, but that's only been in the past year or two that it's been trendy. So you were really one of the, the first people out there trailblazing with your podcast. Really? That's so funny. You know, I, I honestly, I didn't even know that it had become trendy in the past two years. It's funny. I, I've been doing it for nine years. And I remember our very first recording. The reason I even got into it is my boyfriend was doing them. And, you know, he's always been kind of cutting edge with tech stuff. And so he had this great book uh, on podcast. I'm like, let's do it. And I remember the first one we recorded, we were in Mexico for a wedding. And I made him go into the bathroom so that I could sit in front of the computer and read my script. <laughs> Like I read the whole thing and I was so kind of, you know, like not anxious, but just like, what am I doing? Who's going to listen to this? And, and then, you know, 300 and I think we're like almost 320 episodes later, it's been a really amazing evolution and a great way to meet amazing people and share amazing people. But I must confess, I have very rarely listened to podcasts and I just last summer while we were on or last fall while we were on Tranquility Tour, we did this kind of like book tour and a vintage camper for a few months across North America, you know, and as we're going through like the Great Plains and stuff, I was like, you know, he always has stuff in his ears. And I was like, well, maybe I should try to find a podcast. And I was like, wow, there's amazing stuff out there. <laughs> so it's good to know that it's become trendier in the past two years. I didn't realize that. Yeah, no, now in the in the whole like online business world, it seems like everybody's starting podcasts. There was the first podcast conference or well, I know there, I don't know if it was the first one, but there's a big podcast conference in Texas this year. And there's lots of groups starting on Facebook. And actually, if I'll give a little plug, but if anybody out there is listening that's a podcaster, there's an awesome podcasting group for women called She Podcasts that's just free to join a community, but it's really good. So yeah, it's, it's really in the past like two years, I think that it's really taken off. 
that people are actually starting to know about it. So I'm curious though, podcasting for nine years and you do a weekly episode, is that right? It was weekly to start. And then a few years ago, I moved to every other week. And so that's pretty much where I've stuck. Yeah. But still, that's massive commitment. That's a lot of content and a lot of interviews. It's been, yeah. So why do you keep doing it? Do you just enjoy it? Or do you get really a lot of new customers from it? Or what is it about podcasting that's kept you going? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Because what I've really found over the years, you know, in a weird way, the podcast is a kind of a selfish thing for me. And the fact that I love talking to people and hearing their stories and sharing their stories. So the fact that I have people listening is a wonderful byproduct, <laughs> you know, because honestly, if I had the opportunity to contact these people and just sit down with tea, I would be delighted. And so it's just been this wonderful opportunity for me to then in turn share this and then meet people from that. So that's really why I've stuck with it. And it has, you know, it's quite time consuming, as you can imagine, as you know, right, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like getting the interview scheduled, particularly if you're in different time zones, um, dealing with the technology of it, creating the show notes, it's a ton of work. But it's also, I think, amazing rewards, particularly if you're quite interested in the topic that you're interviewing. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it's just fun. Like, I, yeah. Love, yeah, it's just fun to meet people all over the world and hear their stories and get their tips and make that kind of connection. Because you, fortunately, you've got an in-person business. So you do a lot of in-person interaction, I guess. But for those of us that are primarily working online, it can get a bit lonely. And so it's really nice to be able to actually talk to people. And, Absolutely. And make connections. Yeah. Yes. So tell us about the online parts of your business then. I think you, so you've got your podcast and your blog and you do some online courses. Yes. Yeah. So that's been a really great way to expand. And one of the things I I really encourage people to think about is how to expand beyond the four walls of their business. So people who have brick and mortar. So for me, you know, I started the yoga studio and being able to expand by doing online things such as the blog, such as the podcast, such as the online e-courses has made a huge impact. So for example, I had my first Paris and Provence retreat back in 2012. And the majority of people who signed up for were not people that were local and part of the yoga studio as much as they were blog readers or podcast the world. And so I thought that was really, really amazing. I thought that showed the ways in which this online format can have a grand reach. And the e-courses I began maybe five or six years ago, and I'll do new ones, or I've turned a lot of them into on your own so that people can kind of download them at any time. And that's been a great way to create content and create community around content. Mm -hmm. I love what you said, which is when you're podcasting, you're reaching a worldwide audience, but they might not be able to come to your studio in DC. But if you have a retreat someplace else in the world, or you have an online course, then they have a way to engage with you more. Because when your audience enjoys you, like when they enjoy getting your content and working with you, they want to find more ways to work with you. So it's actually being really helpful by you giving e-courses and just other ways people can get involved with your business. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a wonderful way, I think, for you too to deepen your work, you know? So I've always felt that in order to really kind of dive into something that you're super excited about, teach it, you know, mm-hmm. and 
that's been a really great way for me over the years from yoga to mindfulness to art, all sorts of things that I enjoy teaching. It allows me to then get to do more research on it and dabble in it and play with it. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, based on your experience putting together like online courses, if someone out there has a business, you know, maybe they're a yoga teacher or they're a health coach or a you know, personal trainer, they've been doing something in person, like an in-person business, and then they want to go online and create their first course. Do you have any advice on where you would start or kind of how to break it down so it's not super overwhelming? Yeah, because it is super overwhelming <laughs> and super exciting, right? What I've kind of done over the years is ask people, what is it you're looking for? What is it you want? What would you like more information on? And then from there, I create an outline of, okay, so here are the basics. So for example, last year, I put out a mindfulness e-course. And so, you know, what I did is I just kind of went through, like starting at the basics, defining what is mindfulness and then taking people through the various mindfulness practices and ways to incorporate mindfulness in everyday life. And the great thing now is that you can also include audio and video. So lots of multimedia, I think, helps keep the material somewhat dynamic. You know, so there's a lot of moving parts with it, but I would say it's similar to writing like a book or a short story of just kind of sitting down and outlining it all and thinking of like, what is the theme that I want to get across and what do I want people to walk away with? I think that's really important that there should be like, okay, there might be a lot of benefits people would get out of it, a lot of stuff they would learn, but there should be one core benefit that they're going to get or one core thing that they all know by the end of it um, to really keep it focused in terms of your curriculum and your marketing. Because otherwise, something that I see a lot is there's so much we want to teach and we just want to teach everything all at one time. And that's just way too overwhelming for people to take in. Absolutely. Keeping it nice and focused, I think, is great. Not like, here's a lifestyle for you. you know? yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, here's how to meditate. You know, yeah. I think that can make it a lot uh, more tangible. And then one thing, thing I've seen some people do that I really like are micro courses that are like or $20. And it's just super basic, like how to set up a morning ritual, you know, like very, very basic. Mm. And I think that is a wonderful, a wonderful way also yeah. to, to start. So often we can think, oh, well, setting up a morning ritual, that's so basic. Like, doesn't everybody do that? But you forget how much you know, whatever it is, your area of expertise, you've been interested in that for years, right? And so you get so advanced that some of this stuff seems really basic to you, but maybe that's what your customers want. And also by keeping it so simple, it doesn't overwhelm them. So maybe they just, they don't need a whole six week course. Maybe they just need that, a little mini course. That's a great idea. Yeah, Unfortunately, we don't have enough time to go too much into writing books, but I'm really curious because you've written a couple of books, just your, your take on it. It seems like everybody wants to write a book. I want to write a book, <laughs> but now that you're a published author, have you seen it? Has it been beneficial to you and how, or would you still recommend it as something to do? Yeah, you know, I love it. I really find it to be an amazing, amazing way to spread kind of your message and to really hone your creative spirit. I find the practice to be profound, honestly. The thing with writing a book, it's such a long journey and totally worth it as everything we do. But I think it's kind of like the launching of an e-course of thinking about what is it I want to share? What is it I want to get across? What do I want the book to feel like? What do I, how do I want people to feel after they read it? 
And I am, am working on my fourth book right now that should be out this fall. And it's basically an anthology of Tranquility Du Jour, the blog, in celebration of its 10th year. And I just find the process of kind of putting things like this together to be really, really special and also very, very intensive from a time commitment to an energy to a creativity effort. And the book for anyone who wants to get started that I recommend is called How to Write a Book Proposal by Markle Larson. And it's an oldie but goodie, but I think it can really help as you begin to sit down and hone in on what it is that you want to write and create. And, you know, even on Friday night, I held a writing lab at the yoga studio at my studio. And what it was, was basically writing prompts and then the ability for people to share if they'd like. And so much juicy stuff comes out of people's writing, even if they haven't written since like junior high or high school. You know, we all have a story within and whether it's a novel, a memoir or nonfiction, I think it's really important to give yourself the opportunity to exercise those muscles regularly. Definitely. Awesome. So we're coming to the end of our time together. But one thing that I love to ask is if you have book recommendations, and I know you already said The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, which is a great one. So I'll list that in the show notes. But do you have any other of favorite business or inspiring books? Absolutely. I mean, I have so many. Uh, <laughs> but you know, The E-Myth is actually my favorite business book. It's so amazing. And for writing, there's a wonderful book called Still Writing by Danny Shapiro that is just absolutely juicy. And that came out last fall. And I'll send you a link to some of my favorite books that maybe you can include in the show notes. Yeah, that'd be great. Because I'm like such a book kind of pusher. And it'll be like favorite books for various topics. I'll pass that along to you. Oh, that'd be awesome. Cool. So Kimberly, if people want to find out more about you or get in touch, what's the best way to find you online? Yes, you can find me at KimberlyWilson.com. And then my blog and podcast are Tranquility Du Jour. And I'm on Instagram, all that great stuff. So yeah, let's connect. And thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thanks for being here, Kimberly. Thanks so much for listening to this interview with Kimberly Wilson. You can find all the books and other things we talked about back in the show notes, which are at wellprinteronline.com slash 38. And don't forget that you can sign up to take the free five-day blogging challenge to fill your blog with content your ideal clients will love and share. That's at wellprinteronline.com slash challenge. So I'm wishing you tons of success in your wellness business this week, and I'll catch you back here next week with the next episode. 